I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and we talk about it. And boy, is X-Men the animated series getting depressing. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. talking about how like season five would it be good but it's just been depressing as fuck this 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 episode is just riddled with politics yeah it's actually a good episode i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that it's bad it's actually very good but like good in the sense that it is very close to reality (laughs) and dealing with it was one of those episodes that I sat there. I'm like, okay, well, we're just doing this again. Like, this is happening in real time with real life I right know. now. There were, I was, like, surprised by how sad this episode made me feel. Like, I had to me just too. sit back and be like, am wow. I okay? Like, I don't think I'm good right now. Like, I'm <laughs> I not already think, I don't not think anybody's good, good anymore. Mental health-wise. And then I watched this episode and I was like, this wow, didn't help. I feel worse <laughs> now. So, I mean, I guess I guess I recommend the episode in that in the sense that you can totally watch it but it might make you feel sad i don't know also (laughs) it's interesting because i remember this being like we're gonna go meet cannibal and it's gonna be goofy in the south and again (laughs) nope it's like what you remember as a kid versus Versus what they're actually writing about you're like jesus what And this isn't like fun, like, you know, when you watch Rugrats as a kid, you're like, they're babies and they're having adventures. Then you watch as an adult, you're like, wow, this is really smart and funny. And like, you know, yeah, this and is like v- making commentary about like being a kid, being an adult and like religion. There's a lot of like cool episodes about Jewish holidays. It's, like, that's not what's going to happen today. This, this is going to be some dark bullshit that it, at least it's not dissent. I will say that much. OK, you're right. It's slightly more uplifting than the Mr. Sinister episode we just watched where Mr. Sinister and Jack the were running around murdering people and i don't <laughs> I mean, even that know episode was like that episode was just so uh, there's nothing <laughs> i feel like there was nothing even like worth taking politically out of that because we were there just wasn't. like this is so awful like but life at least is this awful. episode has sort of a message about i don't know i guess let's just get to it so well there's no previously on the x-men this week because nothing is relevant to what we're about to watch right i mean i guess you could say previously on the x-men rogue and gambit exist but i mean <laughs> Everybody knows who Rogue and Gambit are, right? We all know yeah. they're in a lengthy romantic will they, won't they? Rogue right. just wants to fuck him. She's kind of mad at Gambit because she can't fuck him, and he, she's but taking it out on him all the time. And like, yeah, and also not he's fault. not helping because he's also just still fucking everybody else, right? So I mean, and also keeps being like, "Hey, Rogue, let's fuck," and she's like, "You know I can't, dumbass." <laughs> he's like, "I'll wear a condom. It's good." Okay, but also, also. 
they're both from the south which yes. is like this is something x-men does is that they tend to put all the southerners together which is like an interesting i kind of makes know, sense it, i feel i feel like people kind of do that in real life where like you have people yeah. with a similar background to you and you sort of gravitate toward them in the friends group but you still have other friends i mean right. I, it's kind of corny but i was also like eh, it's been a while since we had a rogue and a gambit sort of spotlight so i was sort of into it however with the new animation everybody looks completely different especially rogue they do she looks like a dc animated character with like the eye makeup that makes her look like a barbie doll from the 60s i don't know why what also what happened to her hair it was beautiful before now it's like like, one big polygon from legend of zelda it looks terrible now it doesn't even look like rogue anymore other than like really doesn't she has the white streaks and that's it it's like a completely different woman beast looks completely different beast is beast is huge and now his head is tiny tiny. his head is tiny and he has this like kendall face it's so weird looking like his face Xavier looks the same though Xavier does actually kind of look different yet again in this episode I feel like Xavier has looked different in every single episode that we've watched in the past like five episodes like he's had a different face Xavier is still just Xavier in this though like he he does he does something useful but then it's like followed up by like typical Xavier bullshit I'm like you could have just you could have just done the right thing and not said anything but no of course you had to like say something we'll get there so this episode by the way takes place in kentucky yes and again this is like it's like classic backwater like nobody yeah. lives here there's like 12 people in this backwater right. town they've never heard of anything else no yeah. they don't have any internet they also in kentucky they, they have one phone in a diner and that's it no oh, well i mean that was kind phone. of you know surprisingly that was still kind of how it was in the 90s that, yeah you know you the know, access to phones you know the, in the episode's defense I mean, people can let me know if this is accurate or not. I really don't know. But I, I, I was kind of, I was trying to be like, okay, in 1996, in a tiny town in Kentucky, would it be like this? It's possible that it would be. Like, I tried to at least give it the benefit of the doubt and be like, okay, like they have no technology. It's a mining town. Everybody's really poor and just getting by and they all work for the mines. Like, there are towns that are kind of like that no i guess i don't know i don't feel this way i mean because the way it is portrayed in this is like 1930s the waltons <laughs> so okay, i mean yeah. i don't know i i mean like in the 90s kentucky had like a pretty big basketball team right so they were i mean they but were there's like a difference between like living in a city and living well, he was let's see cannonball was from cumberland kentucky so that's right yeah. that's where they say this is i mean it does look like there's not a whole lot there but i mean they would have some kind of technology i don't know that they would i I mean, truly, I don't know. I feel like this is the only time in X-Men, the animated series history, where I was like, this town is like, it, it has nothing going on, but there are towns in real life that have nothing going on. So I I kind right. of was willing to come along for that one. You're, you're willing to go along for that, right? It's also like, this is the story they want to tell because they want to tell a story about a mutant who lives in the middle of nowhere and what that's like for him. And like, that's specifically where they want to go with it which i mean you know that's going to be depressing there's no way it isn't going to be because it's like this is the story of the queer kid who grows up in the deep south he has no one to talk to and this is pre-internet so there's no other way to like hear about other people who are like you like that is that's what the episode's about and i mean i can't not watch that story and feel depressed like there's no situation where i don't like it's a happy story i don't know well anyway so let's let's open this up so we're gonna go right into the mines by the way yeah and this is this is when i 
I was like, okay. So there's a cave-in in the mine. We'll just we'll just yes. describe what happens first, and then we'll talk about what your reaction was. So, like, right. there's a cave-in in the mine. Then we see this young boy saving his father from the cave-in and, like, lifting a steel beam. This cave-in beam. is crazy, by the it's way. It's crazy. It's like they used yeah. to drill, and then suddenly an avalanche takes place. That and happens then, sometimes, though. Like, well, mining I, is I dangerous that. Mining fuck. is very dangerous. But then, like, two seconds later, there's, like, an explosion of fire, which yeah, I, I know. that was crazy. I was like, I'm I was our, like, okay, that cave-in is bad enough and then suddenly like a lantern lights some stuff on fire, fire which turns into a volcano a and it was like fire, a huge explosion which i think is because there's gas trapped in behind one of the drilling walls you know what that was a thing back then there were explosions because of the gas you're right, right. Okay, and so the good call it, the cave-in starts out dangerous and then it becomes like everybody's gonna fucking die the the cave is a bomb like right. it goes from zero to a thousand in like five seconds and so luckily this teenage boy turns out to be sam guthrie he's cannonball and so he not only can save his father from the steel beam just with your regular physical strength from from being a teenager who's a minor but also because he has the power to fly and like well, it turns into a human rocket basically and yeah. like flies his dad and also his friend who helped him and lift the seal beam off of his dad out of the cave everybody applauds everybody already knows that sam guthrie is a mutant this isn't some big reveal they all know he's a mutant and that he works for the mine and that he's saved his father and everything and then he and his dad hug and it's like kind of a nice scene where you're like oh interesting like this is a kid who's a mutant and everybody knows it but everybody's like kind of okay with it at least that's how it seems in this first scene it's really interesting because i was like okay so in the south are is this the one place in the yeah. world that mutants are going to be accepted because given the timeline and the history of the south i don't buy that yeah and and honestly, I, I still don't really buy that they would have been so accepting of him here. I know it turns on a dime and they're easily able to turn, which I do find that believable. But even in this, like, given the politics of the X-Men universe, you know, there's already a lot of mutant haters. I'm surprised that, like, what could be a racist area is not <laughs> being... <laughs> well, I, I think it's... I think it's kind of believable because I feel like a lot of times in small towns, and I think this is true everywhere, like in small towns anywhere right. everywhere where you don't have a lot of diversity and people are able to form misconceptions because of the lack of diversity and just like make assumptions based on stereotypes because they don't know anybody who's not exactly like everybody else in the town that type of sentiment of like not happening to know anybody who's different from you and then maybe you meet one person who is and you're polite to their face but then behind their back you're afraid of them or you su suspect them okay. or whatever yeah, and you like know what? that's a fair point you do see some of that in this episode but we'll get there so so then we go to the guthrie's house and Paige is there Paige is a redhead in this and ryan is yeah, very upset by this <laughs> <laughs> this is I, what's I, I, really I don't important know. about the episode. How dare they make Paige a redhead? How well, it's funny dare. because like I remember the show and I was like, I don't know who that girl is, but I had been reading Generation X, so I right. knew that like Husk existed, but as a kid I couldn't identify her that that's who it was because she looked totally different in this. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just have her look like Paige. I, I can't explain it, but anyway, it's Paige. She doesn't have mutant powers yet because she's very young and so I guess they just haven't exhibited yet. So she's right. just Sam's little sister and she's like recounting the whole story about how Sam saved his dad from the mine. She's all into it. It's yeah. it's awesome. She's like, it's really cute. so cool. And then Sam interrupts her because he's like embarrassed and he's like, Paige, you weren't even there. And she's like, well, I heard it from so-and-so who 
heard it from so-and-so and Sam is just like whatever and like scoffing and acting like a teenager about it and yeah. then his mom is like you may be Superman when you're flying but you're just like the rest of us when you're not and then I just like had this moment of like Superman exists <laughs> and like found that really <laughs> okay. funny. Wait I didn't even think about that I just <laughs> thought about the comparison that there were like this is just Smallville apparently yeah, but then except the fact- it's Marvel <laughs> like right. what? And then, and then now that you pointed that out I didn't really think about that I never thought about the concept that like the DC like they could consume DC comics in the Marvel universe but like, they didn't actually exist that's hilarious actually like why wouldn't she compare him I guess to, the world like, is Warcraft Valley now I know she should compare him to like Captain Marvel or like I don't know Captain America or something like she shouldn't be saying Superman like I don't need like compare him to a superhero you actually How know how do they get away life. with that or just can you say Superman and it's not actually trademarked I have no idea, but that's a good question. And it's also like, why was that the character that she said? I, it was just really funny. Because it's not, it's not important to is, the episode no, at all. No, this is just Smallville. Anyway. I, yeah. So, and so, so then the, his dad and bo- and his mom are both like, you have better things ahead of you than this than this town. And then this random guy in a suit shows up at the screen the, door. He's a, yeah. I know, he's just standing there. He's like, I'll be able to help you. And the music's like, dun <laughs> and they're like but they're like oh hey mr kirkland and the music's like da 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 and i was like what is happening <laughs> yeah there's so many like different like, musical stings where i genuinely in this scene i was like i can't tell if kirkland's a good guy or a bad guy which i guess was intentional at least at first um well i mean he does turn out to be a bad guy spoilers but at least for the moment we're like right. we don't know what this guy's deal is so he walks in and the parents know who he is and they're like it's mr kirkland we love mr kirkland come on in and it turns out he seemed he's like a army recruiter basically although we kind of find out more about what his deal is later and he's like you'd have your pick of colleges if you come and do a great service for your country and like work with me and like he's kind of vague about what that means and sam is like i'm just not sure i'm ready to leave home and kirkland is like nobody's ever ready to leave home but you have to because that's what being a man is about and i was like which is like whoa whoa. (laughs) i know sam is like i just need more time to think about it and kirkland's like sure i'll be back in a week and i'm like jesus like this guy's just been showing up every week at this kid's house to be like join the army join the army like join the army because we have a special mutant program to join the army honestly i mean even if you're not a mutant the the concept of like the army showing up and like forcibly trying to get you to join the army is Oh, it's totally a thing. And especially for like kids who are are just underprivileged in some way, like army recruitment absolutely capitalizes on that and is like, well, you don't have any money and you have no other way to escape your small town. Why not join the army? Like that is and also they they play play that card of like, oh, if you come join the army, you can make so much money. You can take care of your entire family and send it home to them. And I mean, that whole thing that sometimes it is the only option for a lot of people is to, to take that career path, which is depressing. But anyway, yeah. um, Kirkland goes back outside again to his car and then he makes a call on a phone and he's like, it's like the it's cell, a cell phone. phone. I, should, I, should, I should acknowledge there is a cell phone and Kirkland has the cell phone. And he's, he's like, the, only one, though. the kid's not cooperating. He's going to need more convincing. It's time for a less subtle approach. And that's more like, oh, OK, so this guy is this a, guy's a piece of shit. But yeah. we already knew that because the music told us. So anyway, <laughs> we go to the X-Men. We're at the X-Mansion and Rogue. Um, first, I wrote my note here is what the hell happened to Rogue's beautiful hair? I know. Secondly, Rogue and Gambit are playing pool, or at least they're 
getting ready to fuck on the pool table <laughs> or at least gambit is <laughs> and yeah, Rogue is like okay, you it's... know we can't fuck and gambit is like lubing up his pool cue like hey share what's up i'm just he's gonna like, get that side pocket <laughs> and by side pocket i mean your puss and she's like gambit we cannot fuck we cannot meanwhile, fuck meanwhile he's like stroking the pool cue being like what does this remind you of sherry and then, okay so okay but also i have a question so do they just typically play pool in the rec room in their full on uniforms i guess like they're wearing like 16 layers of clothes for both of why? their uniforms i don't know why they're doing that they're not preparing to go anywhere they're just wearing their uniforms i mean like, maybe they're on call like surgeons or whatever like we don't really understand how the x-men work but it's basically like everybody's constantly on call until the mutant alarm goes off i guess and so yeah they just sleep in their costumes I don't except know. for logan who's naked all the time right and so beast bursts into the room and interrupts this like sexy reverie <laughs> between them which I love Beast I so know, much. I know, he it's just like yells, he just mail call. Also, like Beast is like not reading the room again, which is really funny to me. It's like they're high and heavy, and Beast is like, "Who wants some mail?" <laughs> anyway, here's the mail that I have that I got. I have like philanthropist like quarterly, and he's like jerking off to that, which is really funny to me. It is really whatever. funny. He's like so excited about the mail, and he like says this whole monologue about junk mail, which I didn't write down, but it was like really I didn't funny. Either. And Gambit's like, "Can you please leave?" And Beast just keeps on monologuing liking about the mail and i, I love know. it so much it's amazing and so then beast takes out a news report where he's like okay so samuel guthrie age 16 of cumberland kentucky appears to have used his mutant abilities to avert a mining disaster despite the ongoing animosity of a suspicious town and then rogue takes the newspaper and she's like oh must be tough being the only mutant in town maybe i ought to go down and say hey no 16 year old boy could mind a visit from a good old southern gal and i was like okay, Jesus i was like Christ, rogue's, rogue's just like i'm really horny right now and if i just go down and fuck this guy it's like <laughs> well, maybe like i can help can't. it so it's like is she just gonna go down and tease him and be like well you're 16 and really horny and it's not like i'd fuck you because i couldn't do it anyways but you're gonna be really horny for me and that'll be what i'm all about it's like bro can you please fucking yeah, chill like, go take a cold shower it, it's really funny because gambit's yeah, like it's like uh, what the fuck yeah <laughs> Yeah, and so then Beast is like, time to go read the rest of my magazines and like whirls out of the room. And Gambit is just like, why are you going to Kentucky? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? And Rogue is like, it's a small town, Remy. Folks can get nasty over a kid being different. Or don't you remember? Which is like a fair point. And Gambit is like... <laughs> Gambit's like, no, I lived in a magical <laughs> yeah. swamp where a also, crazy like, goddess lady came out. He lived in like a thieves guild where everybody was a weirdo. <laughs> like, he was fine. Like, nobody was any weirder than anybody else in that situation like gambit <laughs> did not grow up experiencing what rogue experienced where she was like beaten and then thrown out of her house as a teenager gambit oh was just God. like already on the streets but anyway it's fine it's not like gambit didn't have a hard life i'm not saying that but they had no, different we're not, experiences but it's very different from what she ex experienced yes and so gambit is like you know the open road can get awful lonely you need some company share and rogue is like you kidding you're the one i need a vacation from and then she storms out and so then we go back to Cumberland. We go to a general right. store. This is where this is this is like the Walton's general store, by the way. There's it like is. no power in it. It's I know. just like a bunch Everybody's of shelves. Everybody's just you know, buying
buying flour by the sack full and so on and so forth. <laughs> it, it, there's some torches in the corner that lights it up at night. It's like, it's a little crazy. So then some guy is talking about how all of his horses have gotten sick and like the doctors can't figure out why. And then this other guy in the, in the store hears him and he's like, any mutants around your town? And the farmer's like, just the Guthrie boy. And then the other guy's like, a fella at party lost 20 cows in a week and he came to find out his help with him was a mutant. The county agent said he was given off some kind of radiation and then the farmer starts freaking out and he's like, oh shoot, I don't care what kind of big shot hero he's supposed to be. I never did like them Guthrie's and just like turns on a dime and is like, uh, it's like two mutants. seconds. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's is realistic real. like yeah. i i don't know like it's like deep down you already have this subconscious hatred of it and then What's all you need is somebody to tell you that it's okay to express that openly and then you're like phew i always hated them and well, like there's also that i mean there's so i think it's being fueled by fear yes you know and this like idea fear of the unknown yeah right. right and i mean all of this is reminding me of like the AIDS crisis, the way gay people were treated, like yeah. fear of the unknown and like people just being like, if you're gay, you might infect other people and turn them gay. And then also AIDS exists. And like, it just took me back. I was just like, God, fuck this. You're like, you're, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So that we go to another situation. I'm assuming this is just the government sending people to like fuck with this town, honestly, because now it goes to like this diner. That's yeah. like an, it's like a 60s diner. This the timeline is all over the place in this town. So it's like this 60s diner with like 80s cars sitting outside of it. Yeah. And inside there's like this dude who looks like he fell out of like 1985. So a punk dude wearing a Punisher t-shirt. Yeah, he's wearing a Punisher shirt, which I was like, is this going to matter? It doesn't. He's just wearing a Punisher t-shirt. It is funny though that in the Marvel universe that they have merch of like an assassin. The Punisher? Yeah, I mean, I guess people wear Punisher shirts in real life unironically. So, you know, there's that too, but. I feel like the Punisher shirt is, the Punisher symbol and shirt is misconstrued by people who tend to use it so horribly. And it's like, yeah, he like the Punisher as a character is like a criticism of the military industrial complex and like private security teams and so on and so forth. And like the idea that somebody would co opt that symbol and be like, yay, cops is like the saddest shit Ooh, that, in the world. That is fucking crazy, though, because the whole point of the Punisher wearing that is to be like anti military, anti government, anti cops. And it's like now people who it's like somehow it got like associated with being like pro, pro those cops? things it's like, I know. i'm like i don't know why i know anyway, so we go to this diner and this kid's sitting there and this other teenager walks over that like i don't even know who he is yeah i can't figure out this kid's deal but he's just there to sow dissent and like just sow problems with the town i think uh, that's why i think it's the government placing you like a teenage a conspiracy? spy <laughs> You know, they would have showed it to us if it were. I don't think it's just... I think it is, though, because the guy... Okay, the guy, what I was saying, Kirkland, he says that we need to take a more aggressive approach, and the next following scenes are just people showing up and being like, mutant sucks, and I think he placed those people in there to make people turn against him. That is so fucked up. That truly did not occur to me. That is like even a thousand times darker than the episode already was. Well, it's, it's crazy that he's trying to manipulate this town against Sam Guthrie, but at the same time, he could have also just kidnapped Cannibal but, and avoided this shit, but like, that's not the point. This colonel wanted to stir up shit in this town so he could right. like 
And he knows that anti-mutant sentiment is already brewing under the surface because it's brewing under the surface for like everyone everywhere. So he's just like, I'm just going to take advantage of just this latent anti-mutant sentiment that's already here. And no, I I guess you're right. He just wants a platform. I know he came in and he went to platform that shit so he could like take control of town while spreading his personal beliefs on the mutant problem. And we'll get to that in a second because they explain that background. But we go back to the Guthrie's where Paige answers the door of Rogue's just there, like tits out. And she's like, hey, is there like a horny teenage boy here? (laughs) (laughs) I know. And she introduces herself as Miss LeBeau, by the way. Because she's trying to think of a name. And so she just says that, which you know is going to come back to haunt her. She's like, I could either go with dark home or lebeau which do i want i definitely don't want to be related to my mom so yeah, there's so i'm gonna that. go with lebeau so then <laughs> rogue and sam go on a little walk outside and they talk about how they're both mutants and rogue is pretty kind to him here i i kind of liked this scene where she's she's sort of doing what cyclops did in that other scene where he went to kilgrave's orphanage and he was talking yeah. to that kid and it's sort of like listen like there's another life outside for you but like you know you should make your own choices and stuff Stuff like that and so she finds out about kirkland which by the way she gives us you can see on her face that okay so basically cannonball's like oh yeah kirkland is trying to recruit me for this like peace corpse right thing. and yeah. like basically like rogue has his face like what, what? The fuck is that <laughs> yeah but then but then i like how she doesn't give in to say like showing them that she doubts what he's saying she's right. trying to be supportive yeah I she's like that was a really yeah, well i don't scene. blame you for wanting to get out of here but also like you know also considering the ramifications of it because sam is telling her like i'm not sure if i want to leave and she's like yeah you know it's a lot, of, a lot to think about and like doesn't really like make her opinion known which is all you can really right. do in that situation right. and so then as they're walking back to the house the camera pans over we see a couple men in suits who are like taking pictures of them they're who like are obviously in the bushes, kirkland's, the kirkland's soldiers or whatever yeah it's like the men in black suddenly are just in the corner being like it's like what is happening we're just taking pictures of everybody all the time so then right. we go to the diner rogue is using the payphone she calls hank and she's like he's a good kid hank i think he'd just like to stay here in kentucky he does say some guy's been around offering him some sort of government scholarship he says it's a kind of peace corps for mutants and Beast yeah. is like yeah that doesn't fucking exist <laughs> and Beast is like uh let's go investigate that like right the fuck now yeah then it goes to this like military train that's like a secret train nazi style why it's a train yeah like why is it a fucking train like are they just constantly driving the train back and forth on the tracks like our secret base is on a train i was just like what i mean i don't know at this point they would have had planes but whatever i mean i don't really know enough about like what the military does with their espionage i don't know so people can let us know if there's a lot of military trains around but anyway they're on a fucking train it just would be it would i would assume that this military train is disguised as just like a cargo train i don't think it's like that yeah, i guess hiding, so you know that's yeah. what i would guess and it's also like this isn't really an official military organization it's like some kind of weird black ops spinoff that like isn't officially recognized right they're later going to say that they're wide awake but we'll get to that so yeah basically on this train there's a soldier who's giving pictures that they took of rogue and cannibal yep. to i think it's kirkland that's still kirkland i right? think it's kirkland too although it took me the entire episode to figure yeah, that out just, they, like, they didn't like show his face there for some reason for that entire scene and I also was like, like okay. he does doesn't look he just looks like a white guy like i was just like i don't recognize this character but anyway yeah, he just looks kirkland. like a colonel and so then kirkland pulls out this photo of all the x-men and they're yes. like yeah we, we've noticed that 
she has popped up on like all these other activist movements and yes, you know and she works with which, the x-men right. and that was when the guy says she turns up in wide awake data as part of the mutant team called the x-men which is what you were referring to where like that's right. that's the closest that we get to like what their resources well, are think, and I, stuff yeah but i think that wide awake is this whole program that we're going to see later with gambit which was it was like, oh god, it was really fucked up. It I mean, was we're like, gonna see in a, in a minute what they do with Gambit, but like, it's pretty scary. I mean, it I, is. This is again, it's just a not a kids show. I don't really know who this show is for anymore. It's uh, <laughs> it's not for kids. I just pulled this up real quick so I can explain it a little bit. It says Project Wide Awake is in response to all these pressures. The president secretly instructed the National Security Council to create a covert illegal commission to deal with the problems posed by the increasing numbers of mutants in America. That's right. what it was so whatever and, but Fuck it didn't that. last very long and i think it was like infiltrated by mystique and valerie cooper so well thank goodness for them unfortunately mystique is not in this episode so i know we go back to the x mansion beast is sitting at a control panel he's obviously just like trying to look up information about the mutant peace corps whatever the fuck that is and so he just like screams and throws a keyboard he's like another dead end and <laughs> Yeah, because he's fucking frustrated. I don't know. And so then Xavier and, and Gambit walk in or roll in, in, yeah. in Professor X's case. And Xavier is like, Gambit's filled me in on the supposed mutant Peace Corps. Have you found anything? And Beast is like, the phone number Kirkland gave Sam led me through several relay stations until I finally wound up at an office building in Richmond, except that nobody owns the building and there's no records that it has been occupied in this decade. Yet the power usage for that sector is three times the local average. That is some like weird military. undercover bullshit that is a thing for real it is and xavier's like it has the trappings of a renegade operation perhaps a more direct investigation is in order (laughs) beast is like sounds like your area gambit and gambit grins and then the next thing we get is gambit infiltrating this office building i enjoyed it a lot i feel like this i feel like this episode does really well at playing to all these characters strengths not just mutant powers but i mean in terms of like what they can do like we have beast hacking and shit yeah you know, and we have Gambit doing espionage. We have Rogue doing what she does where she wants to fight, but is also very compassionate uh, and yes, like and wants empathetic. to help everybody and like also right. use her strength. I mean, I right. liked all that stuff, too. So then Gambit gets to sneak into the office building and say all these yeah, little like one Batman tricks across the roof. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. So then Gambit manages to get all the way inside. He crawls in the air vent like Samus and then he like gets to the end of it and he's like, this is way too easy. Either Gambit is in the wrong place and then he turns around and he sees like a billion shock troopers and he's like, or yeah. Gambit's been set up. And then we get a smash cut to Gambit like, strapped wah, to a chair. <laughs> okay, but also I, he has this line when he goes into the ventilation shaft for he goes, pop go to weasel. And I was laughing really <laughs> oh hard God. at that for some reason. Because it's funny. I, I don't know. I liked it. I was like, I was down for it. It's like the closest this episode gets to being funny is like that and Gambit playing sexy pool. <laughs> it is trench coat. So then Gambit is strapped to a chair. Kirkland walks in and Gambit's like, if Gambit being arrested, don't he get one phone call? And Kirkland is like, you've jeopardized a very sensitive operation. And I know you won't tell us how you learned about it. What will we do with you? And Gambit's like, maybe you let me go with the warning. And Kirkland is like, I think our best option is to make you part of the team. And then he like opens up a nearby wall and reveals that there's this other mutant who's in one of these classic like weapon x style glass cylinders and there's like a bunch of wires hanging off of him and like apparently he's been implanted with cybernetic implants that control his mutant powers basically and so that's fucked up so apparently they're kidnapping mutants and controlling them with cybernetic implants and making them fight which is 
I don't know. Really fucked this up. Fucking it's show. pretty dark. It's yeah. some classic white awake bullshit for you. Yeah. So then we go to like Cannonball and Page. You're like, let's get some ice cream, which yeah. is very like that's the cutaway we get from this intensely I dark know. scene. We just go then, to like, Sam and Page getting ice cream. But don't worry, this scene is going to get dark as hell. And this is like when that kid with the Punisher shirt from before shows up, and he sees cannonball and he's all like you gotta stay away from my girl and we're like okay what's yeah because the thing that the other person had told punisher t-shirt was that cannonball was trying to date punisher t-shirt's girlfriend which never happened and i think you're right ryan i i couldn't figure that out but i think you're actually right that it was all all a setup and so punisher t-shirt is like stop trying to date my girlfriend you freak trash and then he just starts beating the shit out of sam and then there's like there's a whole bunch of like shit going on here because then this kid toby is like kenny calm down that's sam guthrie you saved your dad in the mine and kenny's all like get lost toby this is between me and the freak boy here yeah and then some other guys like they ought to stick these guys in to the zoo which right. I was like Jesus and yeah then- so like Punisher t-shirt has two little cohorts with him who are all trying to right. kick the shit out of Sam and I thought it was like interesting and believable that Sam wouldn't want to use his powers and is just kind of taking it because like he's outnumbered but he also knows if he uses his powers like everybody's gonna turn on him so he's like kind of fucked here and like and also his sister is here he's trying right. to protect her in the middle of all this and then that Kenny dude like decides that he's not gonna fight him because he says I ain't touching no mutie, might get infected. And then everybody laughs. Yeah, it's Yeah, which is like up. so again the AIDS thing. And then I like know. just stay away from Shell, you freak. You and your whole mutie family. I hate your kind. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah. And then so then they tear off in their car. Yeah. And then Cannibal. This is when Sam finally Yeah, he uses his powers fairly safely, considering. Like he could have gone a lot further than he oh, did. No, he really he really could. And Paige is like fuck no don't do it and he's like long gone you yeah know? and so he uses his powers to slow down the truck and like sort of cause it to like careen a little bit on the road but like but everybody's kind of safe and like the kids in the truck are really scared and they're like i'm so sorry like cut it out sam and like we're sorry and so sam lets go of the truck and then he flies away and somehow like, they like don't fine. die by the they way don't die. Like, that, that car goes up like on its complete side for a second there <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Those kids fucking suck. And also, they're about to turn on Sam again anyway. So, like, fuck them anyway. So, then know, Sam seriously. flies back to the diner. He sees Paige and the other guy who stood up for him, which I don't know. Is that the same guy who set it all up? Or is that a different guy? No, 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 no. It's a, diff- it's, it's a different guy. It's a I'm different so guy. confused. There's, there's so many, many teen there's boys. There's too many people in this because I know. they had to implant. It's so complicated. Like, well, it's... they put all these people around to, like, fuck with Cannibal on this. And that's why they're all I here. I know. And it's like hard to tell who's really on his side or not. Yeah, well, I mean, this guy is he stood up for him, which is which is important. And then and then we go back to Project White Awake and which Gambit's like strapped to a table and they're yep. like shaving his head to put a chip into his brain. I think this is like gone so dark so fast, by I the know. way. I know. And Gambit is like still making jokes and he's like just a little off the top, like to the nurse who's shaving his head to like give him a fucking I'm surprised implant. that he's not like, oh, you want to show me what else you can do with like that scalpel? Hot nurse. <laughs> I like, know. Why is Gambit? But it's all he has. His sexuality is all he has in this moment then, to get know, out of it. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. master because suddenly like it doesn't explain why all the electronics stop working, but they stop working here and they drop everything and then everybody passes out. Yeah. And the door opens to re- 
reveal Mr. Charles Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. yeah. And they roll on in and I'm like, oh, thank God Xavier did that because yeah. like, yeah, it could have died. But then Xavier has to follow it up with like that stupid comment where he's <laughs> he like, always does this. Yeah, like he's just like, normally I find such invasions of the mind distasteful, but in your case, I made an exception. And I just like, wrote, stop saying this in my notes because like he's done it in every episode. <laughs> Like at a Without certain anybody's point, consent. you need to stop saying that you find it distasteful if it's all you do. And it's also, like, like it. it's okay, man. Like it was in self-defense. You were saving. I Gambit. kind of appreciated also in uh, McAvoy's performance of Xavier. He also did that all the time. He's like, I don't actually enjoy this. And I was like, I think James <laughs> McAvoy's gets Xavier. It's it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, but it then is we funny. then we cut to the minds for this like really absurdly short scene that really honestly like is only there to like make people turn against the Guthrie entirely i know they're like i don't know who any of these people are but they're like they're investigating the mine and they're like it turns out that the supports were weakened at the molecular level do you have any mutants working around here and then some other guy is like what did i tell you it's that guthrie boy and of course now that i've like accepted your canon for the episode that guy probably also is a plant from exactly because they all came in and they all started saying stuff about mutants because then after this we stopped seeing scenes like this because cannibal runs home and calls kirkland up and says yeah i'll come work for you right he's so God. mad at what's happening well, because he this is also right after sam was attacked by those three boys in the pickup truck okay well but here's some reality with like current politics especially within the black lives matters movement there are people who are going in there to like incite racists to go and fight you know what i'm saying like they'll be like everybody's fine everybody's getting along and then they'll they like when when everything started too there's been a lot of especially on twitter you can find all these like videos of people seeing like people being implanted into the crowd to start shit and then they leave you know what i mean so we don't really get into the details about this on this episode but there's a lot of different weird examples of this happening lately and um there's a really good article in the conversation it's short and it's just titled why are white supremacists protesting the deaths of black people and if you want to know more about how racists and white supremacists specifically have been managing to find ways to disrupt protests and also why they're doing that then this is a good read i'll put it in the show notes meanwhile like gambit beast and xavier just hanging out in the middle of the woods and rogue shows up and she's like hey y'all we all been i'm just floating around over here and they're like where's cannibal and i was like i don't know and we're like what were you even doing this whole time like we're just flying uh, around kentucky (laughs) yeah like maybe you should have been protecting sam or whatever and then then xavier screams that he's like ken kirkland is going to get cannibal and put him into a mutant experimentation program and she's like oh shit sugar and i was like (laughs) and then suddenly there's a mob of people with pitchforks shades of the mr sinister episode again where they just suddenly show up at the guthrie's house and they're like ready to fucking do a murder like things have gotten way the fuck out of control escalated this i mean i mean this is how it is though i mean we're literally watching it happen in in real time right now i mean like i know that like I don't want to sit here and relate things, but I have to because that is what's happening in the real world right now. We are like just targeting like, well, not we, but people are getting targeted 
for no real reason and then it's like within seconds like they're they have a mob of people ready to kill you know what i mean i know it's really sad um so then sam's dad comes out to like address the mob and he's like he's gone he's scared off by folks he thought was his friends look at you we've known each other since we were youngins i've worked beside you in the mines shopped in your stores y'all known sam since the day he was born and this one guy with a mustache is like sorry ed it ain't you were ellen but that boy's brought nothing but trouble we don't want him in our town and then the farmer starts yelling that sam killed his horses which never fucking happened by the way no it doesn't happen but like that guy convinced him that's what i know happened. i know and then some other guy notices that the x-men are just standing behind them casually and it's like, i know it's a way it's, it's like you want to see mutants there's your mutants and then like all the x-men are just there like wolverine storm gene gray how many like, ships like, all of wait them I, I don't there. know how they got there because they already took like the blackbird to get out there and rogue also already took like whatever source of transportation she had so did did they just fly three ships into kentucky and nobody noticed is my question i don't know and it felt like it was just a weird situation where like they wanted to show all of the x-men for a second and they wanted a mob of people with pitchforks like working against them suddenly which is strange but i i don't i don't know it's well, like basically okay, the same as the opening credits scene where the people with the pitchforks are yeah, coming right, at she's them. about to get like way crazier and like his like, it's like you think that the politics of this are heavy now it just like Again, it gets it gets real. It gets so real. So first of all, we go back to the train where Cannibal's sitting there talking to Kirkland, and Kirkland's like handing him a photo of the facts. Ben, he's like, "You made the right choice by not associating yourself with terrorists." Yes, which is a strong choice of vocabulary. Also, and like Cannibal- he clearly went a little too far. Like he needed to like wait a second before handing a photo of the X Men to Sam and being like, "By the way, the X Men are terrorists." And Sam, I know. And Cannibal's Sam just looks like at the, the photo, and he's like, "That's Charles Xavier. I've seen him on TV with the president." and that's hank mccoy they're not terrorists and kirkland is like yes they are son and you're gonna help us stop them i and think then- i think maybe this might be reflecting what is cannibal's history in which the hellfire comes and they convince oh. them they convince him to fight against the new mutants and then maybe. he's like wait a second this is bullshit but i mean at this point this is way off the rails and doing a different thing so right, i don't know right and so then kirkland i guess realizes that this isn't going to work so he quickly releases a bunch of gas into the room and puts on a gas mask and okay, sam not even- like they push a button or anything they just it's sam's just like what are you doing they put on gas masks and they just pull out like a gas cancer and start gassing him like yeah. immediately like to make him pass out i guess and sam just i don't know flies out of the helicopter instantly which i was like yay sam like I'm waiting at the that. fuck well, out he of knew there to do that i don't think they knew this because they obviously don't know his powers well enough but like sam becomes indestructible when he's in that form so, right like, which they've like explained a couple of times in in the episode so he just goes yeah. ahead and and uses his powers to get right. out and of that situation crazy because he goes back to his house where and he just lands he crash lands between the, the x-men the and the riot yeah yeah, yeah. and and Cannibal just screams, they're coming. Rogue's like, who's coming? And Cannibal's like, it's all a trick. They are trying to kidnap me. And some guy goes, prove it. In which a bunch of like robot guards show up and just start shooting everyone. Yes. It's not just mutants. They just start shooting at humans and mutants yep. alike. And it's just like people are getting shot at and dying no matter who you are. And it's like, 
like well, that was too that was real too that was too real. real i know like, i was like holy shit i know <laughs> it made me so sad i was just like okay yeah. so it's interesting first of all that the x-men they don't attack the mob with the pitchforks because they can't because they're in the right. same position that sam was in before where he was getting beat up by humans where he's like i know i'm more powerful than them i can't use my powers because they're going to see me as even more of an enemy if i use them and like if I play that card, I'm completely fucked. So I have to like rise above it, even though that's completely unfair. The X-Men are like ridiculously overpowered compared to this group of people with torches, but like they can't attack them. And also no, those people aren't the real enemy. The real enemy is this fucking private military group that is like going to kill everyone. Everybody. Who's manipulating and, and the out whole that he situation. Just wants, well, but here's the thing is that like he's shooting at everyone because yeah. if he can kill everyone, obviously they can't say anything, but then he could like, Pin it on the mutants the and be mutants. like, look at and be all like, this. the like, X Men destroyed this whole town and they like they killed terrorists. everyone here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really fucking dark and also again too real. Yeah, and so then the the X Men are like, holy shit, because like people are getting shot at and dying. And the X Men yeah. are like, we gotta we gotta take like out these robots. Exploding people's cars before they can get in them to get I, away. I know. It's like it's crazy. And then so Sam and Rogue start fighting the the robots. Paige and the Guthries run inside of their house, which I don't even know if that's going to be safe. But they go inside. I, I don't even know. And Kirkland's like watching this on the video feed, and he's like, this doesn't seem like it's going well enough. So let me drop in some of my white awake people. And he drops in like this mutant. By the way, he's like, send in unit one. And the guy's like. He's not ready, sir. And he's like, that's not a suggestion. So this green dude falls out of the sky and just like immediately passes out. It was like kind of comical in a way. It was like they dropped this like mutant that they've been experimenting on. He doesn't even fight anybody. He just like he immediately can. like. So it's like their program was a failure. And so this guy, it, yeah. this poor mutant just instantly passes out because he like can't actually fight. And so then Beast runs over and is like, he's alive. I'll get my med kit. And like. Yeah. Sam flies off and he's like I got me a train to catch and it's like okay Sam is gonna fucking kill some people uh, he doesn't really I know it's, it's really great and the robots are being called back because Kirkland is like we can't win this call him back which thank god the X-Men were there like everybody yeah, would have been it, fucked otherwise dude but Cannibal whatever. like also by the way just, like flies into the train and derails like, it instantly yeah. like he's just like he's just like I'm just gonna kill all these dudes you know, I thought like, it was pretty badass when he just flies into the fucking train yeah, seriously and then and then we don't even see him interact with them because then he flies away. But then Kirkland like climbs out of the the rubble and he's like, Hodge was right about yes. the X-Men. Their elimination just became our top priority, which is interesting because we had just seen Cameron Hodge. But right. also, which is interesting to me is like, okay, so was this going to, because this is the second to last episode of the season. Yeah. So was this going to set things up for our season six that I we think never it got was. to see? I think it was. I think that they were probably going to continue down this road with Wide Awake being the villains, which would have been I mean, interesting. I mean, it would have been interesting because, I mean, we've dealt with some pretty intense shit on the show, like the Friends of Humanity, for example. But this mm -hmm. whole episode has been like, it's Wild. Been really yeah. dark. It's like, I was like, holy shit. I mean, I think Kirkland is an interesting villain, though. Like, if they had wanted Kirkland to be the villain for a I while, agree. I feel like they could have done some He's shit with from that. anything, by the way. They, like, made him up for this. And I think they did a good job for a character yeah. that was really not based on anybody. But I think it I think was it like works. a believable villain. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. back to the Guthrie's house. Everybody's standing outside and rogue is like i'm sorry y'all have to pack up and move it ain't fair is it and then toby who's the guy who stood up for sam when he was getting the shit beaten out of him is like come on y'all you don't have to go sam i can talk to the others it'll get better i swear and i don't know this just made me sad and so sam's dad is like thanks toby but i'm afraid this town will never be the same it's a I mean, shame it's too true. my family's lived in cumberland for six generations 
And then Xavier invites Sam to go to his school. And Sam is like, no, for now, I need to stay with my family and help build us a new home somewhere where none of this matters. And then he goes to Rogue and he's like, I owe you a special apology, ma'am. I know how much you were looking out for me. Thanks, Rogue. I mean, Miss LeBeau. And then Rogue (laughs) Gambit overhears that and like grins so widely. It's like pretty funny. I know. And it's really funny because Gambit's like, when's the honeymoon, Miss LeBeau? And Rogue's like, not one word, swamp rat. Not one word. It's like, da-da-da-da-da-da. I was like, wow, how did we get there? Like this whole episode was so dark. The thing we end on is like a joke about Rogue and Gambit getting married. I know, because it's like that. That's all they can give you because this is actually an incredibly sad ending because it's like basically the family, the Guthrie's realized that even though it was all a government setup, it still like showed the latent anti-mutant sentiment of the town and like still that means they can't ever feel safe in their home anymore and so they have to leave. Yeah, and then Toby's like, it is so sad and Toby's like, hey, I can talk to others, it will get better, I promise you, which I think is a real situation that happens with any uh, sort of minority. But it's also like, what can Toby really do, you know? Yeah, it doesn't matter, it's like, it's like if you are in a marginalized class, you have people that are on your side that are right. like fighting like, along let me you. help you and like you know that toby did help him and like you saw him standing up for yeah. sam in that situation but like they're just two people like what are right. they gonna and, but do also, like toby's like i want to genuinely try and make things better by talking to these people making them realize that they're wrong and make them come around on it but like people like us are like yeah but that's not gonna happen that's not how it works you can't just talk to a person and like instantly like everyone's gonna like stop being racist you know what i mean yeah or homophobic it's just that's just not how it works and it's unfortunate i mean i wish it was easily like that but it is not yeah and it's almost sort of like a naive take that toby has here where he's kind of like i can help you all because i can just talk to them talk them out of it and they're I like know. that's not gonna work because like they're still big they still think this and it's like it needs to be more than that i mean ah god it just left me with such a sad i feel like the, the episode is actually even sadder now that i've realized that it was all a government setup like you were saying because it's oh, like yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, all of this is like so dark. This is like a very dark episode. And like, I don't know. I, I could pull apart everything that I liked about it and disliked about it, but like, there's not much I disliked. I mean, I disliked the racism, but you know, like, I, I, I liked, I felt like it was real. I felt like we were watching yeah, yet so another too. episode of this show where, you know, it was dealing with a real politic that has always existed, but also like many other episodes of the show is so current and so what's happening in the real world right now just with like a different minority a different marginalized class you know what i'm saying and it's like it's yeah. it's sad and scary at the same time and like like, it is sad, it, but I, I'm also like, this feels almost too complicated for a kid's show. Like watching it as an adult, even yeah, I'm agree. like only now picking up on some of the themes, which honestly you pointed out to me on this show that there's like this theme of um, like interference from this outside renegade group and like how they're taking advantage of the situation, which is like, that's really fucking complicated. Like kids really are not going to pick up yeah, on the that. kids are like, uh, why, why is he just flying around? I mean, I think it's important that this show did do a lot of these politics because they 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 essentially gave it to kids to consume and made them tr- sort of realize like that what is happening is wrong, even though it's too complicated for a kid to understand. And I'm sure that there's easier ways you can make that story work for a child to understand. But I do give this show props for making it accessible to children in this way where they're like they very early on are like, please don't be like 
a racist. Like Please this. don't be like. Don't, and yeah, also, be, like, don't be fooled by these this kind of sentiment yeah. where like an army recruiter comes in and is taking advantage of you. Like, that's a pretty interesting thing for them to take a stance against. Like, it does kind of surprise me that time and time again, the X Men takes a stance against cops and against the military. Like, that's wild that this is a show about superheroes that repeatedly is like, you should be questioning these power structures and like right. pushing against them. And like, maybe they're not always, you know, bad or whatever, but like, you should be questioning them. And even the right. idea of saying that in the 90s is like, pretty I mean, radical crazy. especially when almost every other kids show at that time was like trust the cops like it's like crazy that the show was like they might not be on your side especially if you're a marginalized person like the system might actually yeah, be working against it, it, you exactly and they did that from the get-go with the kid i think it's important that they started that out with beast in season one where he yes. was like i'll trust the system and then beast is like okay the system's but broken yes but beast still has faith that there is a system that could work if they work with the right people because he's got all his like government connections that are not bigots and they're not assholes you see him losing that over time which is like such an interesting arc for him and like at this point beast is just like full radical and like still a nerd <laughs> but he's just like fuck everything like we're gonna fucking go and i don't know it rules and i mean i mean, I mean it's unfortunate that we're coming towards the end of this, of this series because i feel like at this point all the x-men have had it they're just done. I, interestingly enough, I feel like Wolverine has not been on this season at all. Barely, yeah. I mean, else. we had the Captain America episode with Wolverine, but that's about it. I mean, I guess we'll see if he's in the season finale or not, but it's kind of an interesting choice given how popular as a character Wolverine was, like that they would have had him not necessarily feature as heavily in season five. But well, I, mean, they, I, they, I, found, I feel like this whole series has spent a lot of time with like Rogue, which I think is an interesting choice. And I... I enjoy it. I, I genuinely enjoy it. That Rogue has been like a centerpiece to a lot of these storylines. So yeah, it's, and it's Beast. Beast too. Yeah, I've I've appreciated that too. So do you want to rate the episode? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five out of five X's. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, like it is a it's a heavy episode. It's not gonna make you feel good watching it, but I mean, it's I think it's yeah I, I think it's really well layered with politics i think it's good i think it is i keep on saying i think i think it is a good episode you know it's probably <laughs> one of the i if not the best one of season five i mean i enjoyed phalanx a lot too because i felt like that was a really yeah, good that, take. those were really good and i think we gave those ones fives as well yeah but i think this one probably stands up as my favorite of season five which is funny because i don't think i appreciated it when i was younger but i watched it now i'm like damn yeah <laughs> this is I'm, some pretty like heavy shit kind of surprised by how much we've enjoyed season five i'm gonna give this a five also i i mean i guess i recommend it it is very sad but i feel like i've realized it's a more complicated episode even just as we've been talking about it and now i think it's even more interesting and i feel like if i watched it again i would probably like notice more stuff about it that i didn't the first time around which like i don't know this might be the first time this show's even made me say that where i was like wow if i watched this episode again i would get something more out of it than i did the first time around so like yeah that, i mean that's, that's pretty great. cool i mean technically that's what this show even is our show that is right, it's like that's us a good watching point. it and getting more <laughs> but i mean like but i mean it. like immediately watching it and like to have an episode that's this complicated and like saying so many different things that you could watch it twice in a row and be like wow i, I don't know i thought i think that's cool uh we do have a who's that x-men um so who's that x-men so cannibal real name is samuel zachary guthrie and his abilities are jet propulsion and a protective blast field while in flight 
He was created by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod. I can never, I think it's Bob McLeod. I, I think I it's McLeod. McLeod. I think you're right. I, you know, it's funny because people say it on different shows and they I just hear it pronounced so many different ways. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm 99% sure it's McLeod. I think you're right too. Uh, so anyway, Sam was born in Cumberland, Kentucky. He was working in a local mine, which is what we see in this, but his dad was already pet dead. Like his dad passed away sometime before that. So he's just working in a mine to support his family because like his family is much bigger than Paige. Like there's a whole bunch of people in it and it's just his mom trying to raise everybody. Mm-hmm. So he's working in the same mine shaft that a dad, his dad used to work in and he tries to rescue his coworker from a, uh, you know, a, another cave in. And that's when his mutant powers manifest and it saves him directly after that. Donald Pierce of the Hellfire Club asks Sam to join them so they can help attack the new mutants. When Sam is ordered to kill the new mutants, he rebels against Donald Pierce and he joins the new mutants and takes on the uh, name Cannonball. So that is what I was think was kind yeah. of adapted a little bit here. Uh, during the new mutants, he becomes besties with Sunspot. Maybe they're gay. Maybe they're not. Uh, <laughs> Cannonball and Daniel Moonstar basically act as co-leaders of the new mutants. And then Cannonball also meets the intergalactic rock musician, space pirate, Delilah Chini. And he has a romantic relationship with her for a little while. It's a very famous storyline. There was a music video made about it online. Mm-hmm. I have the cover of that issue framed behind me because it's just fantastic. Lily Chini is a great character. Let's see. Uh, after the new mutants, Cannonball leaves the new mutants to join Cable's X-Force. He is appointed the team's second in command and field leader. Uh, Cannonball is one of those characters who, like Boom Boom, like the two of them just kind of always uh, find their way back to the X-Force again. Mm-hmm. During a clash with the Brotherhood of Mutants, Cannonball is impaled and kill- killed, but he heals moments later, to which Cable thinks Cannonball is an external who is a particularly rare kind of mutant who is virtually immortal. Shortly after these events, Cannonball's sister Paige is revealed to have, to meet, revealed to have mutant powers, which eventually leads her to joining Generation X as Husk. And also, I don't think I have it in here, but Cannonball's brother Jay also gets mutant powers. He gets like wings and shit and can fly around. So it's definitely interesting that uh, the Guthrie gene has a mutant gene in it that's I guess skipping his right, parents. Right, but it's like recessive, I guess, for his parents and somehow right. ends up with all three of their kids having the powers. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I find that interesting. Uh, Cannibal starts a relationship with Boom Boom during his time on X-Force. He later joins the official X-Men, but during that time, he's very doubtful of his abilities until he comes to terms with it while battling the Shi'ar's gladiator, our favorite character, <laughs> uh, especially when he's punched by Rogue in the face. Yep. Eventually, Cannibal leaves to help his alien mother, and during that time, he infiltrates Grading Creed's presidential campaign using the alias Samson Guthrie. I think on the Grady Creed Spotlight episode, I'd mentioned that him and I think Bobby went undercover to like spy on them and he never is discovered during his time there so he's just feeding the x-men information until grading creed is, is eventually assassinated on the eve of his election hmm. um, after that cannibal rejoins the x-men when they are operating in san francisco briefly the first time and siren has been injured at that point the x-force is not led by the cable they are led by pete wisdom who is essentially treat uh training them in espionage and during that time cannibal rekindles his relationship with boom boom i think that's the last time that happens and uh after pete wisdom's alleged death sam leads the team until the other x-force members have to fake their deaths which is a thing the x-men commonly have to do to get shit done you know they're (laughs) like now that the government thinks that we're dead we can actually get real work done you know (laughs) Uh, after that, Cannibal joins Storm's Extreme X-Men briefly, which is a, sh- a run that I've talked about frequently on this show and people have written in and also been like, yeah, this is fun. 
and that team operates outside of Professor Xavier's leadership. During one of the missions, Sam is injured and he just decides to take some peace and he takes the money he got from X-Force and he buys himself a farm, which he takes care of until later he finds himself teaming up with Cable and X-Force to defeat the villain Scorn. Uh, Cannonball's brother Jay also turns out to be a mutant, which I said. But what's important here is that Jay goes and joins the X-Men's new mutants, or, or sorry, new X-Men during the same time as Extreme X-Men. That's That was like X-23, Dust, that second wave of like, or sorry, third wave of like X-Men students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love those guys. Yeah, it's that, it was also, that was like the fucking crazy shit where William Stryker comes back and he's like blowing up buses full of school children and shit like that. Yeah, you um, know, like you do. Well, it was very post 9-11. After all that, William Stryker murders Jay and that really fucks Cannonball up for a long time. Um, Sam then joins Rogue's team briefly to search for Destiny's diaries. When Emma Frost is disabled by a neurotoxin, she uploads all the information she has on the di- on the mission and puts it into Sam and takes limited control over his body. This is the thing that Emma Frost just does, by the way. She's like, she's like, this young, questionable, straight male is somebody I can jump into their body for a quick second. <laughs> yeah, a hot she's second. Uh, a little bit morally gray, folks. Um. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, we also love her. So after this, Cannonball and Iceman try to recover destiny's diaries where they are attacked by the marauders and sam is seriously injured but beast heals him back to full health um when cyclops disbands the x-men cannibal goes home briefly and Paige is like i'm glad that you're here and he's like i should never come home and then he like flies off it's ridiculous uh because <laughs> then he like goes back and he joins cyclops's new team in san francisco right coming just in time to fight magneto because this is when magneto was doing some activism and cyclops was like we can't do that we have to then to protect the people and then they fight him and then and then later on cyclops is like wait magneto was right <laughs> So, but during that time, he admits to Karma and Daniel Moonstar that he has become completely disillusioned by the idea that they can actually change the world. And mm. at this point, his only real point of activism is to save people from dying from uh, racists who kill mutants. Like, that right. is basically his initiative to drive because, it, you know, that's what happened to his brother Jay. Right. And he doesn't want to see that happen again. And so Cannibal later joins the reformed New Mutants. It, this was a run that went on that was not very good. And then Legion got involved and I don't really care about it. So you can just skip all of that if you want. <laughs> uh, Cannibal then goes to work for Jean Grey's School for Higher Learning, where he's worried about Paige's mental health because then she starts deteriorating in a sort of a similar fashion that, fashion that he did when he was super depressed. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think she joins like a rebellion at some point. It's very weird and out of character for her. I didn't really like that story. And then he, I know he joins the Avengers very briefly, but like it doesn't matter because he winds up somewhere like on an alien planet with Izzy Kane, the, who's also one of the versions of the Smasher on the Avengers, and they have a child together. And they're just like, we're together now. And I know that Cannonball becomes a member of the US Avengers, but eventually decides to quit the team so he can live with his wife and son. Um, he still winds up on a bunch of series of stupid adventures with them and with the X Men. And during like the Krakora era, I know that he kind of for a little while I was like I don't want to get involved you know I want to live off the island with my wife and child and I know the sunspots all like oh well then I'll buy like a house next to you so we can still be besties and then I and then I think recently Cannibal has joined X-Force again so hmm. there you go full circle on Cannibal that's um, cool he's a pretty cool character so he's a lot more interesting than I have ever really given him credit for because he's not like I, I when you sit there and you read his 
his history, you're like, he's actually a very interesting character. He's just like not one of my favorites, but like, I think he's an important activist character. And if mm-hmm. Boom Boom likes him, then like I should too. <laughs> you like Boom Boom. So by the transitive property, you should like yes. Cannonball. That yeah, but makes also, total like, sense. I think he's an interesting character where he's like, I, I like the concept that he is a character that's been fucked up so bad that he's like disillusioned by the idea oh, yeah. of living really in a world like where. That. It's very yeah. relatable to me, especially right now. But I still yeah. have some hope every now and then because there's still people out there who surprise me exactly. every day by like becoming more radical. So maybe yeah. Cannonball something can change would would come around on that too if he lived in reality. But he doesn't. All right. So now that we're talking about dark shit, let's talk about who's gay. The section in this uh yeah i mean i have one idea which was that that guy toby who stood up for cannonball kind of had that vibe because i I was just kind of like i don't know it's like interesting and when he's giving him the little lecture at the end where he's like it'll get better i just was like that's such a phrase that like reads as gay to me because it's now it's like associated with that and i don't even like that whole line of thinking because it doesn't always get better for people but that's a whole other argument but i definitely was like why does toby want cannonball to stay in the town so badly like does he just have a crush (laughs) on him so i kind of read it that way or Um, or it turns out i mean like i guess you're right if it's like a gay thing but what if like toby was also a mutant and not telling him that you know i think i think that's a good way to read that there's a side to it that's like it feels like toby is like bonding with cannonball in some other way but it's also nice to just look at that scene as him being like an ally of some kind and being like not fully understanding the depth of the situation and just being like but i can help you i don't understand why you feel like you have to leave and like not being a character who fully understands it you could read it a couple different ways but um i agree that was the most i could really get there thanks for opening that perspective for me i think that it's pretty gay i don't think there was any outwardly gay stuff because i mean for the rest of it it was like give it a rug being like who are we gonna fuck now and it's like each other no i'm gonna go fuck this teenage boy instead (laughs) bye gambi yeah i know which is pretty ridiculous i mean as much as i love rogue there are certainly some moments of this episode where i was like bro what are you what are you doing right now like (laughs) yeah i mean i don't feel like there was any of like our typical like gay fan fictions that maddie and ryan specifically right here so this this past few episodes have been so freaking sad i mean other than the captain america logan episode which was like gay as hell we haven't really had that many gay gay apps lately but you know maybe maybe the season finale will surprise us by being really gay like we've got that we've got a couple spider-man things but i'm pretty sure x-men well i'm pretty sure x-men evolution is very gay like (laughs) very gay to the point where like wolverine origins is gonna be gay just bringing it up because i know I like, we have to you watch just, it. you're like bringing it up to torture me i don't even know <laughs> well because Can you we... keep listing all the other things that we're gonna watch and just <laughs> leaving it out every time and like acting as though <laughs> that well, isn't it, the it, thing it, that the, we have the, to watch eventually well, you know what we i think we need to watch the x-men uh, or sorry we have to watch the spider-man x-men crossover from yeah, the yeah ryan series. has come up with a whole lot of reasons why we don't have to watch wolverine <laughs> origins yet and we are going to put out several more episodes we're keeping the show weekly and so we on we have to do a reader mail also, yeah, we suddenly so, have to you know. do like six reader mails. We suddenly just have a million more episodes we have to do that you will all enjoy very much. So I guess it's time for the plug section, right? Yep. 
Okay. And they're regular plugs. No butt plugs. No sexy stuff happened in nope, this episode. Absolutely zero sex. Only plugs. Um. So first things first. As we said, we are going to have a reader mail episode in a few weeks, so you should go ahead and email us your emails at themutantages at gmail.com, and we will totally read them. And you know, there are so many other ways to contact us, like in addition to having every single social media, like, you know, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, and so on and so forth. We also have like a voicemail, which is 1-508-319-1668. And you can leave us voicemails and we'll play those on our listener feedback episodes. And you can also send us physical mail at P.O. Box 3344 in Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And you should totally just use all those ways of contacting us. And um, I guess while I'm talking about social media, at least sort of, I can mention that we're also individually on social media, I'm at Mitty Myers on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much everywhere else. I am at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. Uh, you can also go to my vlog channel, which is just Ryan Pagella, which you can see the further adventures of Batty and Ryan. That's so right. There you go. But while you're at that vlog channel, what might be another channel that you would subscribe to over at YouTube.com? Uh, the Mutant Ages one. <laughs> the Mutant Ages channel, which is fantastic for a lot of different reasons because you can watch us do well the big thing that we're doing on there is we are playing every x-men game over there and finishing them to maddie's dismay mm-hmm. and especially <laughs> if it's a game gear game which is what we're currently uploading I mean, we it's also it. to your dismay you describe that game gear game as like containing the worst boss fight that you have ever played in yeah, any that's game a, that boss fight with sebastian shaw was literally stupid and also hellish and way too long and dumb and didn't make sense also but there's also fun things on there well i mean that is fun but there's also fun <laughs> things like parody videos of the X-Men. Sometimes yep. we upload old fictions or videos that we made in teenagers and we react to those. And then mm-hmm. we also will do uh, mashups to this series where we take clips from this show and put it to the animated series or whatever we're watching. Sometimes I make parody videos and I'm just like, what if we do X-Men 3 with Final Fantasy 8? You know, like yeah. that is a thing that happens on there. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good shit on the YouTube. And, you know, if you like the YouTube and the podcast, you might consider supporting it if you can afford to do so. And you'll get even more stuff if you can uh, uh, support the show. And that would be over at patreon.com slash the mutant ages. Folks who support the show can get bonus episodes where we talk about Marvel movies and just other shit, but we also read like old fan fictions and just various other silly stories that we wrote when we were teenagers and we make fun of ourselves and it's just fun. It's just a it's just a bunch of content where Ryan and I talk more and if you already like this show, you'll probably really love that stuff. Um and also the highest tier of the Patreon, those folks get a shout out on the show. So Yep. Let's do Our that. highest cheer supporters are Soren B, Samuel B, and Ian C. Thank you so much for your support. This is a completely fan-supported show. We don't make money off this otherwise. So, you know, everything you support, help support us with goes right back into the show or, you know, helps us out, especially right now during these very strange times uh, mm-hmm. that... I just continue to get stranger by the second. I know. Um, stranger and yet maybe offering a potential for real change. Who can truly say? But but we do want to extra thank everybody for backing the Patreon right now. Obviously, we have gone up to be a weekly show. We're putting out weekly videos. We're putting out way more stuff now. And people have been coming out and supporting the Patreon more. And we appreciate it so, so, so much. So thanks so much to all of you who've been able to. But... Let's say that you're somebody who loves the show, but you can't afford to support it. 
I totally understand that because money is hard to get. But something that you can do is review the show and recommend it to your friends. You can give it a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, or you can just share something about it on your personal social media. Be like, hey, here's this X-Men show. It's really gay, really horny. I don't know why I like it, but I do. And you and you just convince your friends that maybe they want to check it out. And uh, that goes a long way too. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And if you want to communicate with other people within our community, you can go over to themutantages.com and oh, the yeah. Discord server over there. You could go in there and chat. There's a lot of fun conversations that are in there. You know, I think there has been some very interesting takes and perspectives on episodes and X-Men concepts, and I'm having a good time there. We'll hop in there, too, so you can chat with other people in the community. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think that there's nothing else we need to hit. I think we hit it all. I think you're right, except to say that the next episode we're going to watch, the season finale of X-Men, the animated series, it's called Graduation. So it's probably the last episode on Disney Plus, last episode everywhere. So if you want to know what to watch next, you're watching along. Check that thing out. Right. And then after that, we're going to do a short special episode. (laughs) Well, I I can give you a little layout, but like, okay. so I know that after that, we'll do like a little short episode where we recap like stuff from the whole series as a whole, because we did this for like two and a half years. So now we're going to actually look kind of back on the show yeah and then we're, we will go and watch those crossover episodes with spider-man the animated series and we'll, we'll, which will be weird because xavier will be there mm-hmm. and then we'll do a mailer bag and then it will be time for x-men origins and uh yeah and we'll let yeah. you know as we go along what to expect Pretty for much. each I'm episode next you, like, an outline of what right. ryan's way to have put <laughs> off this terrible movie i know and you know what? The listeners could not possibly blame us for this. They will understand. They are thanking okay. us and they are understanding. Right yeah. So we will let you know as we go along what, what's coming up. But don't worry. We will eventually watch Wolverine Origins. We will watch yeah, it. We just absolutely. don't want to, but we will do it. We know what we signed up for. So yeah, true. that's right. that. It's another we'll one in the can. We'll see you all soon. In the, we'll next, see in the next week, another week. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. Where am I? And where's Wolverine? He's on his way. Slowly but surely. Thank God. The mutant ages.